Good evening and welcome to Matters of Life. I'm your host, John Lucier. I'd just like to thank you for joining us here and welcome all you who stand for righteousness and justice. You know, we've been speaking quite a bit here in the past few weeks about the covenant and the Lord standing up and getting ready to move on behalf of his people. And yes, he already is moving. But there's a, a different aspect of covenant that we must cover. And as it pertains to spiritual laws and our relationship and entering into covenant with the Lord. And that is the aspect of disobedience. You know, here within our household, we have a, a saying, and that is that sin takes you further than you want to go, makes you stay longer than you want to stay, and costs you more than you want to pay. Disobedience ultimately is sin. Scripture tells us that plainly. He that knows what's right to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. So something that we must consider and be aware of. And we'll do this by looking at covenant, right? Do you, I, I'll say it in this way. I don't know how many of you realize as we were going over covenant and, and the covenants made, whether it was the covenant with Abraham and the covenant with David, the covenant with the Levites, uh, the Levitical priesthood, and the covenant that we have entered in. Yes, ultimately comes down to the same core thing, that the one true living God, God will be our God and we will be his people. And yes, there are the, if you will, in those covenants, subtle nuances. Well, guess what? When he enters in a covenant with you, there are things specific to you that the Lord addresses and says he will provide them for you. But this is something, this aspect of the covenant, we'll just look at Abraham, the covenant that the Lord made with Abraham. The Lord has not let me or allowed me to let it go. So let's begin in Genesis chapter 15. And yes, we know that the Lord promised Abraham the land. And in Genesis chapter 15, we'll start in verse 18. It says, On that day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land, from the river of Egypt as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenite, the Kenizzite, the Cadmonite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Rephaim, the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Girgashite, and the Jebusite. Did everybody see it? Or did you hear it? The promised land that the Lord gave, gave Abraham when he covenanted with him is not what we know as Israel today. The borders of Israel that the Lord gifted when he covenanted with Abraham extends all the way out to Euphrates, to the Euphrates River, which is in modern-day Iraq. Now, if we study this out, Israel has never 
fully entered in to all that the Lord spoke and promised Israel. Which is amazing when we think about it. It's not that the Lord lies, right? In Paul's letter to Titus, he says this. This is Titus chapter 1. I'll just start from the, the beginning, read the first three verses. Paul says, Paul, a bondservant of God and apostle of Jesus Christ, for the faith of those chosen of God and the knowledge of the truth, which is according to godliness, in the hope of eternal life, which God who cannot lie promised long ages ago, but at the proper time manifested even his word in the proclamation, which, was, which I was entrusted according to the commandment of God our Savior. He says very plainly, God who cannot lie. So we can look at this, and, and we can look at it from two aspects. Since God cannot lie, that similar to the covenant he made with David, and this is the first aspect that we can examine this from, similar to the covenant that the Lord made with David, saying that he would forever have an heir to sit on the throne, as long as his children observe the Lord their God, and they were his people just like their father David, that he would forever have an heir. And, and we can say, okay, on the one hand, that was fulfilled with in and through Christ. And yes, it was. And it also was meant in the natural. So looking at this covenant with Abraham, it's easy to go, well, yes, the Lord said that, but what he was really referring to was how Abraham was a sojourner looking for the city not built by human hands, which is referring to the heavenly community and re-entering the heavenly community, which would be fulfilled. And you can look at that in a number of different ways, especially if you examine out in Genesis chapter 2, the boundaries of the Garden of Eden being a type and shadow of the Lord's house. It begins in uh, we'll just begin in, in chapter two, verse eight. The Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is Pishon. It flows around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. The Abdelium and the Onyx Stone are there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It flows around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris. It flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. So we see right there that the boundaries that the Lord said he gave when he covenanted with Abraham and the land he gave him is nearly identical, almost exact to the location and the boundaries that the Lord had for the Garden of Eden. And 
we covered this in, in on a different podcast, on the Matters of Life Morning Bible Study podcast, on a, a study we did on the Lord's house and how the Garden of Eden, Eden was a type and shadow of the Lord's house. That's how he purposed it to be right from the beginning. And then, of course, came the tabernacle or the tent of meeting, and then Solomon's temple, and so on and so forth. But this is important because, as I said, never has Israel, whether it was, Mo, whether it was Abraham or any of the generations, even up to today, ever fully stepped into the fullness of the Lord, I'll say territory that he had given, has given, has purposed to give his people. And even today, literally in 2023, even the land that they and the territory that they have as a nation is still contested. They still, and I'm not saying this to mock them. I'm saying this so that we all can understand the cost of disobedience. I'm not taking away from the importance and the significance of the land that they have and that they are on, that their nation is, is located upon. But there are still contested areas like the Gaza Strip and the Golan Heights. It's a sliver or a fraction of all the land that the Lord said is the boundary and the territory. And he didn't just promise it to Abraham. This is part of the covenant. He said it, to, he said it multiple times in Scripture to remind his people of what he said. If we go to Deuteronomy chapter 11. He says this, beginning in verse 22. For if you are careful to keep all this commandment, which I am commanding you to do, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and hold fast to him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations from before you, and you will dispossess nations greater and mightier than you. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours. Your border will be from the wilderness to Lebanon, and from the river, the river Euphrates, as far as the western sea. No man will be able to stand before you. The Lord your God will lay the dread of you and the fear of you on all the land which you set foot, for he has spoken to you. And he didn't just say it to Moses or, and to the children of Israel under Moses. He says it again to Joshua right at the beginning when he charges him. He tells him, starting in Joshua chapter 1, verse 3, Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea, Toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. 
Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right nor to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. promises of God are yes and amen. And I know some of you may be listening to this right now going, well, that was for then, and that's an impossibility for today. Or asking, John, do you understand how many nations would be impacted? Yeah, absolutely I do. Lebanon, Syria, Iraq is right on the border of Iran. Saudi Arabia would be impacted. Egypt would be impacted. It's significant. But the Lord said what he said. His promises are yes and amen. But if you understand the size of that territory that the Lord said he would give... And we also have to understand why it was, has yet to be entered into. Because it's not something that can be taken by force. It comes as a result of obedience. Which means it has not been entered or given. Because of disobedience. And I say this not to knock Israel. Not to condemn them. I love Israel. They are like an older brother. Especially if you study out the the foundation of our the, the United States and the founding fathers of the United States, they purposed and determined that, that this nation, the United States of America, would be like a, a new Israel or a second Israel. Again, as I say, they're an older brother. Salvation came through them as a result of Jesus, the Christ whose word he upholds above his very name, which is exactly what we're going over right now. So as we look, we have to also acknowledge the disobedience. Even in Joshua's time, the Lord gave them the land and the loss that they suffered or the battles that they lost came only as a result of disobedience to the Lord. And the Lord told them that. He told Joshua, why are you seeking me? There's sin in the camp. Deal with it. Address it. Uproot it from your life. Replace it with truth, which is the Lord. We have to purpose in our heart and carry it out, demonstrate it, be obedient to the Lord and everything he says to us to both say and do. When he says to say it and do it, how he says to say it and do it. We are his servants. He is our God. He has made us join heirs with Christ. How can he continue to expand our borders if we can't even get our own house in order? If we have such difficult time with laws and legislation that seek to drive people away from the Lord. And again, I say this not to put a floodlight on Israel. I say this to examine our own heart and our own nation. 
Because if we look, we can see the similarities. This nation was incredibly blessed by the Lord. And even as one of the youngest nations ever, the Lord gave it much success beyond its years and its wisdom and might beyond what most nations have even ever attained to, that we could assist and protect and defend those that, I won't even say are less fortunate, but had not been blessed by the Lord in the same way that we have, this nation has. But then as we look, even today, even in this year, and in previous years, how much legislation has been passed that claim to give rights and freedoms that have actually only taken away rights and freedoms in the name of providing rights and freedoms to the people. And I was having a conversation with, with an individual who had fought in previous wars. And he said something very interesting. He goes, you know, if the people could understand what exactly has been lost, what rights, what freedoms, what privileges that we used to have that have been taken away from the people in the name of freedom, we would have done more. We would have fought harder. And it starts off as a little bit, but that trickle-down effect or that snowball effect, and the snowball just keeps rolling and getting bigger and bigger and sucking up more things, has reached a point of, I'll say, absurdity, where there's no covering it up anymore. There's no hiding it. It is plain, out in the open and overt. And the only thing that can stop it is the Lord. And we, our role, is to turn to Him. Have we had enough? Have we gotten to the place where we can say enough is enough? We have literally tried everything else that all human wisdom, conventional wisdom, I would say even demonic wisdom, has prompted people to try. Have we seen the fruit of that, borne the fruit, the rotten, horrible fruit in our own lives, in the lives of our families, our nation, our government, our businesses, our, our education system, schools? Have we seen enough negative detrimental impact on the lives of the people and the future generations, our children. And for those that have spent some time here on this earth, our children's children or grandchildren and or great-grandchildren. And is it better? Is what we're leaving to them better than when we received it? Or is it in a worse state? Are we done with trying the, I'll say the natural, conventional wisdom? Are we ready 
are we willing to turn to the Lord and to seek his face with everything? Not just so we see a change and then go right back to our own ways, but permanently turn towards the Lord and to remain there with him. The Lord purposed so much good for his people. All those who will follow him. Will we follow him fully? Or will we continue in sin, in disobedience? Or disobedience and sin. Said another way, sin and iniquity. Knowing what's right to do, but not doing it. Making the witting and willful decision and choice to be in opposition to the Lord God. All he has purposed is for our good. The covenant has, if you will, caveats. We have a role and a part to play. We have, if you will, those that have entered into covenant with the Lord, I'll say an obligation, but we've made the choice that God is our God and we are his people. So I just want to encourage each and every one of us, each and every person that's listening, to turn to the Lord fully. Not just to have and be content with the sliver of the promises that we are living in and experiencing and Many are even fighting, tooth and nail, clawing, just to maintain, just to keep that little sliver. When the Lord has promised so much more, so much things that are so much greater. And he's ready and willing to restore it and to restore his people. But we must truly turn to him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So I just want to leave you with that this evening. I thank you for listening. I thank you for joining us on this episode and for continuing to stand for righteousness and justice. God bless you and have a wonderful evening.